This is Chatting Human Design, the place to be to hear how real people use human design in their everyday life. I'm so excited to have you. Hello, welcome everybody to Chatting Human Design. I'm your host, Janelle Turner, and I have a wonderful guest for today. I met her during my human design mentorship program over the summer. Shout out Jess Fields. It was amazing. She is a Claire audience, spiritual intuitive. She is the creator of guided place, a website where you can find offerings like, um, human design readings and bespoke guided meditations. Her name's Erica. Welcome Erica. Hi, thanks so much for having me, Janelle. Of course, I'm so excited. We were talking earlier and I was saying how excited I was to speak with Erica because our little mentorship group got close and like we all really enjoy speaking with each other. And so this is kind of my excuse to just talk to everybody from my mentorship <laughs> program. So Erica, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, um, as you mentioned, I started Guided Place. It was something that I had wanted to do probably for about, you know, nearly a decade. Uh, my journey into this world really started with studying uh, energy healing. And obviously, I didn't know much about human design at that time. But as I started to try new things and develop new skills and understand my gifts, and how I wanted to utilize them, I found myself landed on Jess Fields page, right? Starting to follow the human design and starting to want to understand what does this mean? What does it mean? Um, so I am a three, five emotional projector. Projectors <laughs> and, in the house. <laughs> yeah. And of course that didn't mean much to me when I was first searching it. Uh, but taking that mentorship program really started to, you know, allow me space to understand and see myself more fully. So it's with that sort of background and understanding of myself that I think I was able to really incorporate um, and, and ultimately launch Guided Place, which is really exciting. So you get to see the sort of human design experiment in action by taking action, right? Yeah, that's the goal with human design. It's all an experiment. And we just, we, we, put little things into practice and we kind of just watch how it goes. And a lot of times we're pleasantly surprised. Today, we're going to talk about honoring your pace because in human design, as Erica said, there's energy types. We are both projectors. And with the energy type comes a pace that we work better with, we're most, most comfortable with, and we put out our best gifts and what we're truly here to offer in life. And there's a lot of things that can kind of influence your pace. Being a projector is one of them. Um, your profile is one of them. And a big one, especially for Erica, is something called emotional authority. There's um, nine centers in human design. I'm not going to go super into the mechanics of human design, but there's nine centers. And one of the centers is called the solar plexus or the emotional center. And if you have that defined, you are emotional authority. It's about half the population is emotional authority. So it's a pretty common authority. And what it means is that there's going to be times when you are on an emotional high or emotional low or somewhere in between. And you make your best decisions when you're kind of in the calm space. So the high and the low is not the best place to make decisions. You can entertain decisions and you can think about things, but you might have to take some time and wait to make the choice. And that is a huge thing in human design is waiting. We're, 
the majority of us are, are waiting for something. We're waiting for a sign. We're waiting for an invitation. And when it comes to emotional authority, you're waiting for your wave to calm, calm, cool waters. And that doesn't necessarily have to look like any one thing. It's just, a, I'm going to let Erica explain it more because I'm not emotional authority. So I don't really understand it too much. But what I've heard is it's just kind of like a feeling of, of steadiness and of emotional unattachment to whatever it is you're working through. So with that said, I'm going to let Erica speak more on emotional authority. Yeah. So I think when I, before human design, I would really move through decisions with whatever that first emotion that hit for me. So say I was super excited about something, which oftentimes I am, right? Like I'm like, yes, that's super exciting. I have an open crown. So I'm like, yeah, give me all those things. I, I want to say yes to it all. Right. Um, uh, that excitement would lead me into saying a lot of yeses and not a lot of no's. And that would lead me into, you know, pretty intense burnout. But I think that since I often start with this high peak, which I'm starting to realize, you know, straight hockey stick up into excitement, um, the go, go, go energy, I was doing a disservice to myself. And the first time that after I had studied human design, the first time that I really put into practice you know, using this and being super conscious of finding my neutral. Um, it was interesting because I was super excited about an opportunity. I was approached um, with a scholarship to continue learning um, a modality that I was super excited about. And I was like crying with excitement, joy filled body. Um, yes, yes, yes. But then I was going to honor, which feels like to me about four to seven days for me to actually kind of complete my cycle, which I have a feeling that tightens up over time once you're more conscious of it. But um, I started to realize on like day two, I was kind of like, wait a second, like maybe this isn't for me right now. And then I was like, actually, there's these other things that I feel like I need to discover. And I also need to integrate some things. And then I was kind of like, oh, no should I really pass, not pass up this opportunity? I shouldn't, if someone's offering something, you should say yes. So there's this like internal battle. And then finally I hit this place where I was like, just what I would refer to as like intense neutrality. And just in my mind knew like, now is not the time. It will always exist. You can always go back to studying. You can just integrate the things you've learned now and then go back. And that was such a clear arc for me that I had never really seen until I dove into studying human design. Whereas before I just hit that first, you know, gas pedal of excitement for virtually everything. <laughs> and now I'm finding this sort of, it's okay to take time before I make a decision. It's okay to um, say, I'll get back to you on that or, the sort of society we've created is this, you know, I have to be available at all times. I have to respond immediately. This culture of like, give, give, give. And I just would honor my pause now. And it's super exciting. It's kind of liberating to just say, you know, um, I'll get back to you on that. Or thanks so much for this opportunity. Uh, I'll let you know here in a couple of days. I, t I totally feel that um, as a projector, we're both projectors. You also have to deal with something called projector FOMO which almost all projectors feel like we're missing out. We feel like we just, just as Erica said, we should have our hands in all the pots. We should be everywhere because we could miss something. And the beauty of saying it's not the right time is gorgeous. It, 
it frees you from so much of the, well, what if, well, what if I'm not a part of that? Or what if I don't try this now? It just, as you said, it, maybe it won't come around. If it's for you, it will come back around. It will be your time and you'll be more prepared. And I love that you said that, that a lot of times your emotional wave starts with excitement because when people think of emotions, they often go to the negative. Like, oh, I have an emotional wave. I must be sad and depressed. No, an emotional wave can be super hyped, jacked up happiness where you can't see through it. And to, uh, and to people, we're like, well, if I'm super hyped, hyped and excited, then I should say yes. Like, that seems like the obvious next step. But sometimes, as you said, we just get so excited by the sheer opportunity and thinking about what could come from this or like what I'm going to gain from this that we don't even think about, is it the right time for me? Am I ready for this? And the fact that you did that for yourself is huge and, and gave yourself the time to think about it. And now, you know, like it wasn't the end of the world. You didn't miss out mm -hmm. on everything. It's, it's safe to take the time to, to think on your decisions. And that doesn't mean you have to like dissect them or go or make pros and cons lists if that's not your thing. It's just the time itself to let it sit in your body. Because maybe after a few days, you're like, you know, I'm truly ready for this. I'm going to give it a go. I'm clearly, this is happening. And then you go, or I need to take some time. And then you can wait a little bit. Waiting scares the crap out of people because oh, as, yeah. you, as you said, we're a go, go, go answer me now, text DMS. Like it's very in the, at the moment we want our answers. We want to hear from the people, but it's okay to be quiet. It's okay to be silent. It's okay to not answer a text or a DM or not make a decision or to say, I have to get back to you on that. That's not a rude thing to say. That's not like making people wait for you. It's, allowing yourself to have the time and space to come clear on that decision. And who knows, maybe the, the people that you're working with need that time too, and they don't even know it. And you're, yeah. you're, you're allowing them to have that space. And then when you get back to them, they might be like, you know what, as I was thinking about it, I came up with this and I think this will be better. And it's like, when you take the time and the space to think over your decisions, so many more options will come up to you. And something might be even better than what you had originally thought of. That's kind of how I came with, up with the podcast was I hated making content. Like I, it gives me so much, <laughs> it gives me so much anxiety to be like a consistent content maker on social media. And I just was like, I'm not, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this, but I wanted to speak on human design. And so this was the modality I went with. So I think it's so beautiful that you speak on that because a lot of people also think that to make the decision, you have to be a hundred percent certain, hundred percent sure. Like your emotional wave is going to take you to like some sort of a hundred percent. Yeah, ready. no, <laughs> that's not the deal with emotional authority. You're never going to be a hundred percent certain. You mm -hmm. can get to like 70 or 80% certain. And then you should, if you're ready to go, then go like, cause it will yes. never be a hundred percent. That's a big thing with emotional authority too, is I feel like sometimes people are waiting for like the clouds to part and it's like, oh, you're ready. You're a hundred percent ready. <laughs> yeah. You're Never definitely going to be smacked in the face with the, the truth or the, the right answer. But I do feel like the way I feel it is it's like, you've gone through this spectrum 
you know, you're taking, you're taking images of a flower, right? Over and over and over and over and over that time lapse. And you're seeing it from all angles. So I feel like my emotional wave is I'm checking out the answer or the potential answer from all angles. And then after I'm able to process what those different angles are, am I able to feel like I move forward in the direction that's right for me? Yes. So I needed to take it from the excitement. I also need to take it from the like practicality and, you know, what does it feel like to be with or without this opportunity? You know, being able to look through each lens really gave me the opportunity to, you know, take the hype out and just say, okay, well, what do I need? Yes, that's huge. And I, I have it here. It's so funny that you said that, but to my understanding, emotional authorities really have a, a depth and ability to understand the nature of anything. Just like you said, all sides of anything to kind of look at it from all sides and to come to a conclusion that's not attached to any sort of emotion. And I also want to say when we speak on emotion and human design, a lot of that word to me is very charged for people. And it's, it automatically has a negative connotation, the word emotion. And that's not what it is at all, especially in human design. Having emotional authority is your strength. It's, it's a huge guide for you. There's a, a lot of other types in human design and authorities in human design that are a little bit more murky or vague. And emotional authority is a little bit more, okay, this is what you can practice with, like try this. It gives you some things to try out in real life. And I, I dig emotional authority because as I said, I'm a non-emotional. And when you are non-emotional, that may sound like you have no emotions, but it's the exact opposite. <laughs> it is, it couldn't be more opposite. A non-emotional person feels all the emotions. So you're going to have emotions swirling in you that you don't even know where they come from. And they're going to feel like your own and they're really going to mess with you. So when you have an open emotional center, you're going to wonder what is yours and what is not yours. And that's very hard to decipher. But once you work on it, it gives you this strength of knowing like, you know, today I'm feeling really bummed out, but I also just talked to my friend who's going through like depression. So maybe that's why I feel bummed out. Yes, that's why you feel bummed out. And it, it kind of gives you more logic that's why I like the um, defined emotional center because I feel like it's logical almost. And in human mm -hmm. design, as a mental projector, I'm always trying to find the logic in everything. <laughs> so it was actually really freeing for me to say, as an open emotional, it's not logical. It's just not, it's never going to be, and you're going to feel stuff and that's going to be crazy. So to speak with someone like you who has a defined emotional center, um, is really cool because the idea of clarity and the idea of being able to look at something from all angles and to be comfortable with the weight is like so strong and is, is the key to emotional authority, I think, is knowing that there's going to be weighting and that a lot of it has to do with awareness. Simply being aware of your emotional wave and and knowing when maybe you need to take a break from a conversation or step away from some people, like it's, it's all about just being aware. Even if you don't do those things, even if you're like, I should probably step out of this conversation, but I'm not going to. And you just ratchet up your emotions. You at least know what you're supposed to do. And you're just saying, yeah, no, I'm not doing that right now. And I'm in, you know, my husband uh, has an emotional or an open center here. So 
and then me and the two kids are both defined uh or all defined rather so I know I can watch it in action of him get you know ratcheted up if there's a lot going on particularly with the kids if they're having particular moments um you know, that amplification within his center, that sort of <laughs> the, the ultimate, like, this is getting overloaded. And so we don't know why. To, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It is really great to, to know that about us. So I can say like, you know, we, we need to either separate switch in rooms even, um, or change who is being responsible for that child in that moment um, to be able to just allow space and understanding that, you know, you're getting amped up, but that's not actually yours. We can take a moment to breathe, you know. Wow. Separate, yeah. I mean, that we is... have two young kids and it's it can be, a, you know, a wild house sometimes in the most yeah. fun and loving way, but also some, you know, challenging ways too. So I think that's one thing that I really take into my relationship, but that awareness of um, when I might be feeling um, stressed or overwhelmed and an emotion that, isn't necessarily on the high vibrational scale, how that might be affecting him. Wow. That is so, that's like amazing that you do that with your family. Like it's so against the norm of how people are, have been taught to raise families. I mean, I grew up in the eighties, so this kind of stuff was never, ever a thing. And to hear people talk about raising their children with human design in mind, not like human design is the only thing, but with it in mind and using it to to diffuse situations and it's just I love it so much yeah. that I'm so happy that I you love, do that. I love thinking about the kids. It's actually what brought me to human design in the first place, to be honest. Um, you know, being able to understand where I might meet them in the way they are instead of what I'm assuming or want them to be. Um, you know, there's a lot of mystery involved until you really got to get to understand their personalities or they start to bloom in, in language communication skills, right? So there's, there's ways in which that I can set up my children for a little more ease um, early on. I have a projector child and I have um, a generator child. Mm-hmm. The two very different individuals mm-hmm. um, with their own unique designs. And at least I get to peer into that a little bit to help me you know see them fully wow I love that I also wanted to touch on um with the emotional authority there's more than one emotional wave they kind of have different energies about them you can have more than one Erica has one she has what's called the community wave it's channel 4037 it connects the solar plexus to the heart center and this sent this energy is really about connection with other human beings, physical touch, and really recognizing your needs for those things before you explode. Because this type of wave is one that just as Erica said, ratchets up very quickly and kind of explodes and then resets. But if you're aware of this, you can plan, you know, if you're feeling like you need a hug, that's kind of what I think whenever I read this is like, if you a hug you, you get a hug and then that might that will kind of solidify how you're feeling emotionally or maybe if you just need to talk to someone or see someone a lot of this has to do with physical touch yes. which i understand right now is not available for everyone i mean it's mm-hmm. wonderful if you have someone that you can touch physically but if you have this wave and you can't 
touch someone <laughs> physically, it will definitely help you to feel connected. Mm -hmm. So if you can speak to someone or even see them in a video chat, that's going to help a little bit as well. But if you do have significant other or children, like if you need it, just grab that hug out of them or, or, you know, hold their hand for a second or really, it, I think I'm going to let you explain it because you explain this much better than me, no. but I think it just kind of settles your emotion. Well, cause you have it. I yeah. think it kind of just yeah. like settles your emotions in a way. It does. And, you know, I was aware of the comfort of touch far beyond, you know, before I even dove into human design, but it was really one of the things that smacked me over the face. I think whenever I started learning, I was like, wow, yeah, that is really accurate. Oh my God. So, There's things in human design people that you'll read it and you'll be like, oh, are they um, looking in my brain? Like, how do they know this? Yeah. I felt seen, <laughs> um, you know, not only being like the ultimate, you know, like hugger or uh, affectionate person, not even just in my intimate relationships, but I'm certainly the person that like, when I laugh, I might reach out and touch the person. Um, so I am a very, what I would refer to as like boundary aware touching person. Um, but, but when I am feeling in a low, um, being simply near someone or sitting near someone or having, you know, a long lingering hug with my husband certainly helps. I will also say that, especially in the pandemic mode where, you know, some um, are not able to be with other beings at the moment, that simply rubbing my own arms, hugging myself, wow. um, you know, touching my own body with reverence, um, and, you know, one of my big tools is I'll sit, you know, and I will rub my own ankles, rub my own feet. What wow, does it Erica. do to the system to allow space to, to love yourself and give that to yourself? Man, that is awesome. You know, you're <laughs> going to get me crying over here, but that's so great. And it's such a, a good advice for right now, especially because if, I mean, if you have this emotional theme, I mean, there could be many other reasons why you might feel loneliness, but if you have this emotional theme during this time, loneliness might be a real thing for you. And it, and it yeah. might, and it might feel like you need to be stronger or it's like, no, everybody's dealing with it. Like I can deal with it too. You, some, we, sometimes we just need either another person or a loving touch from ourselves or something to say, it's okay. Like I'm here, we're safe like it is okay. That yeah. is amazing. I didn't even think about that as something that you can do, but I love that so, so much. Thank you, Erica. Oh, thank you. It, it is really magical. It's like, what, what can we do for ourselves? I, I never really, I never think about it until I went into energy healing where I was like, actually, you know, we just heal ourselves, right? It's holding up a mirror or having like sacred space, but we can have sacred space for ourselves too. Yes. We're our own guides. Like yeah. when we're reaching out for guidance and healing from coaches and all that kind of stuff, that's all wonderful. But ultimately we have to do it ourselves. Yes. And we just sometimes need a little push or ideas from other people. That's a wonderful idea. I didn't even think of that. And I think that that's great. So if you need a hug, give yourself a damn hug. <laughs> or if you want to give yourself a massage, like all of those things are, as Erica said, they're, they're supporting yourself. You're really supporting yourself in your life and you're taking responsibility for your emotional and mental health. So that's wonderful. Wow. This has been such a great conversation and I'm so happy that we did this. And I'm so happy that you came on Erica. 
And I just have one more question for you. Sure. Are you ready? Okay. I am. <laughs> if you had a boat, what would you name it? Glenda. Glenda? Like the good yeah. witch? Yes. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I totally nerded out when I thought about this and I went human design. I was like, I would either name it the Sphinx because I'm riding across yeah. the Sphinx or I'd name it the SS Uncertainty. <laughs> Because as my type, I'm pretty much uncertain about things and I just have to go with the flow. So thank you. I, I, I wanted to get a silly question in there. So thank you so oh, much. I think it's so fun. No, thank you. I love this idea and I'm super excited to hear from other people and their experiences and their experiment. <laughs> yeah. And that's what's going to be going on here. I'm really just going to be chatting with people who experiment with human design in their life and hear how it goes. And I hope that it helps some people out there that you just enjoy listening to us talk. So thanks again, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Chatting Human Design. Join me again soon. Have a fantastic day.